All right, so to, in today's episode, we uh, talk about basically spoiler talk with Deadpool. I know it's a long time in coming, but we were going to get around to it. And we're not going to fill the entire episode just talking about Deadpool, so we decided to bring in some other topics of interest, talking about movies and other such things, and a long discussion about Joker and Harlequin and the state of their relationship and Joker's relationship to Batman. Today, along with many other things, we start again another discussion on Batman. I'm so sick of this man. So let's geek out. I'm your freak of the I mean, like, I, I, I don't know what you do in your day. You know, yes, you're, you're, you're a busy guy. Um, maybe you start started it. Maybe you didn't finish it. I don't know. No, nah, hell no. That's the great thing about binge watching. If, it, if it's on, I'll, I'll, I'll binge watch it. So uh, so you saw the whole thing through? Yes, I did. Where, what's your takeaway from it? It was excellently done. It was a, it was a, a great adapt- adaptation. It really did promote the dark darker side of the Marvel universe which is, I liked it a lot as yeah, well which is what they wanted to do and the acting was phenomenal though if i had any critique on it me well uh, this is all a critique but if i had any negative opinions was that there were some parts of the story you felt were like fluff and you wanted to, that like the side plots and you wanted I'm recording to, Bob, by the way all right and you wanted them to get back to the main part of the story cuz every time not, yeah, the cop. <laughs> yeah, you kind of don't want Simmons to be around. You're like, ah. You're talking about Nuke, right? Yeah, Nuke. You're yeah, like, that ah. was my thing. I was saying I felt the cop was weak in the show, and that was pretty much my big major critique on it. I'm sure it's a setup for something else, though. So Yeah, yeah. Bo's major critique on it is the ending. He felt the ending was bad. How so? The Purple Man himself, the way he gets taken down is kind of, for me, a bit dubious in how they wrote that out. I think they could have done a slightly better job for a finale between her and the Purple Man. I think he got taken out the only way you could take him out by Jessica Jones. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that he how he died. It was that right. um, that he fell for that. That's what bothers Bo. I thought it was perfect that he fell for it because he yells stop and she stops. So now he's wondering, wait, do I have control over her? Because I really don't want her friend. I actually want her. I want her badly. I want her more than anything. Do I really have her? And then that kind of baits him over to her, and that's how she gets her hands on him. Bo's like, why didn't he just tell her, you know, like, kill that person next to you? Or something like that. Because he know, just didn't. That could work, but in the situation he was in, I, I guess, you, you know, you could go either way with that, but I, I have no problem with it in the end. Because if you think about it, yeah, he could have done that. He could have said, yeah, jump, do jumping jacks before you get here, or yeah, kill this person before you get here. Okay, he could have done that. But at the moment, he felt like he was, he was exalting in himself. You know? Yeah, I thought I was like the ego of this man is renownedly known so far. And you got to remember, he believes that he was well. He was actually he was powered up. This was more, him more powerful than he's ever been before. So yeah, it seems like it worked. I can live with that. I, I didn't say it was terrible. I'm just saying I think it could have been done a little better. Um, I feel like possibly that they may have sort of painted written themselves into a bit of a conundrum and that was their only out uh 
solution for that scenario. I don't feel they wrote themselves into a conundrum because the story was very well pre-planned. They put a lot of work into pre-planning that. I think the ending that they had was the ending that they wanted. I believe that in the end, you could only have them meet so many times and go through the dance so many times. I, maybe you could have changed the finale in a way, but I, I think the finale was... Because they showed his carelessness before. This wasn't the first time he was careless. That's how he got hit in the head before, you know? He's been careless before, Bo. I'm not saying he wasn't... I'm not saying it was unjustified. I just think they could have done a little better with it. So who's ready for um, Bumblebee the movie? Oh, shut up. <laughs> and the other two Transformers spinoffs. Oh, you're so bad. That's you're what they so announced. What, what, do you think I wasn't hurling when I heard these things? <laughs> so, Mike, you saw Deadpool, right? I did. You've been dying to talk about Deadpool. I am. So come on, man. What are your opinions? Well, you know, besides it being amazing, I found one thing certainly surprising. It was a good love story. Like, I felt there was a romantic story behind it. It was a Valentine's Day movie, wasn't it? Yeah, but you know what? You, you know how they do anti-Valentine's movies and things like that? I figured that was just promotional thing. You know, oh, it's Valentine's. We should do some anti-Valentine's promotions and things like that, right? Like, for instance, could you believe you could say that the Deadpool movie had a better romantic angle than Man of Steel did with Superman and Lois? Oh, well, you're asking the wrong guy because I, I very easily agree with that because the whole thing where they start making out in the ashes of what was once a city. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can never get over yeah, that. I can kind of see Deadpool and his girl doing that. I, mean, I don't know if I, and even that would be a stretch. Yeah, they were those people. Yeah, I don't know about Superman and Lois. Hey, man, I, I get real cozy with the guy who can decimate an entire city. Yeah, Bo's ongoing theory was she was preparing for her lord and savior who was going to conquer the planet, so she was getting in there really quick. I would see that. She was hopping in on the Man of Steel real fast. I, I for one, would like to welcome my now uh, lord and savior. Welcome, alien overlord. <laughs> I could definitely see that. And the second takeaway I had was, I know how they played him, but to me, the most sickest fuck in that movie was Colossus. Because think about it. He's got the Boy Scout mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Here he is courting a killer, not once, but not twice, but several times. He is on the same team with Wolverine, though. Yeah, and every, Yes, I got that, but that's what I'm saying. Colossus scares me because he's talking about there's five moments in a four or five moments in a superhero's life, blah, blah, blah. Deadpool shoots him, and Colossus is like, oh, Deadpool, what are we going to do with you? I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> but I'm like, holy fuck, you sick fuck. <laughs> okay, two things I got out of that. One... There are five moments where in a person's life where you can become a hero. I think that was actually a call out to the five attempts at Ryan Reynolds being a superhero. Um, uh, two, I also think the uh, entire thing where the X-Men are seeking to recruit Deadpool is part of the machina that is a Deadpool movie because the X-Men don't, in the comics, they don't want Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool wants to be part of them. Well, they changed it for this one, that's for sure. I mean, wow. Oh, so you got to hear the Deadpool rep, by the way. I heard it a while ago in the video game, but that... Deadpool. <laughs> He's a sexy mother. Uh-oh. <laughs> Deadpool. I mean, yeah. And and I love the villain. Who, oh, Francis? Francis. He was great. How'd you feel about Bob the Hydra guy? Bob the Hydra guy was pretty cool. <laughs> well, he was Bob the Mercenary, but Bob the Mercenary... And, and if if they stay true to it, he's going to keep running into Bob. I thought he killed him. No. No, he, he dragged him away. He knocked oh. him out and dragged him off camera. Oh, there you go. Well, all right. Yeah, you know, Bob is his friend back from Jacksonville. No, he's not going to kill him. Oh, that Bob, had, Bob. that Bob. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like 
the guy who recruited him in the first place. Oh, to hell with that guy. No, he killed him. Because that guy reminded me of an evil uh, Coulson from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. That's why I was going with, yeah, Bob the Hydra agent, it seemed like. Yeah, it was like, like um, Coulson. Yeah, so what do you think of my offer? It's kind of infomercial, but not a good one, like Slap Chop, more Shake Wave. Shake Wave. <laughs> <laughs> See, Mike, when we talked about Deadpool, that's what I was trying to tell you. All we pretty much said is, what did Bo say? Bo said, if you like rated R movies, if you like antiheroes, and if you like Deadpool, then you'll like this movie. Yeah, but I, I agree with uh, Gunn, the director. I think his name is James, right? James Gunn. James- yeah, I agree with him and a whole lot of other people who were coming out the woodwork saying, wait, this isn't original. And, you know, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. But it's not like comics haven't gone rated R before. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, The Crow, Blade, it's been done before. Yeah, Crow, Blade, Punisher. Yeah. Dread. Yeah, Dread. I mean, come on, man. And they were all good. It's just this one hit the audience for whatever reason it did. Here's one thing that it did that was different from Dread. It had a better advertising thing. Well, yeah. Because Dread, Dread wasn't advertised very well. What they spent money on. And that was the same thing for The Crow, too. And all the subsequent sequels kept trying to follow the same formula of the first one. That was the problem. So you enjoyed it, clearly? Yes, and I loved the, the representation of my, uh, I guess, age when it came to te- uh, to teenage Negasonic <laughs> nuclear warhead, whatever. Yeah, Negasonic teenage warhead. I was like, wow, you know, she she basically encapsulates the two generations that will go watch Deadpool. It'll be my generation and the kids I go to, I mean, the kids I work at college with. Yeah, <laughs> well, pretty much because, um, uh, to be honest with you, it was targeting the right demographic. The movie felt like it was set in the 90s. Dude, Careless Whisper freaking nailed it for me. <laughs> <laughs> All the 80s references. X going to give it to you. Did gonna Francis g- or Ajax or whatever you want to call him. Did he seem upset about the whole name thing? Because I think he was finding it really funny. Nah, I think it bothered him. I think what he was living with was he was like, oh, this man's going to die. Oh, this man's going to die. I actually, no, I actually think because he was deadened on so many levels that this guy entertained him. You understand? Like, yeah, he's going to kill him. He has to. Right? He's going to do it. But the fact is, I think he liked going even further with this one guy because this guy kept on pushing his button. And... If you don't have buttons anymore, you know, it's kind of exciting, I guess. I guess so. I'm all for Miranda Baccarin getting the powers of her character. Copycat, oh, what yeah. powers does she have in the comic? She's copycat. Yeah, didn't know that. She has, like, genetic level shape-shifting. Uh, well, she even gets the powers when she does it, too, if she's in contact with you. Well, we'll see. There's a sequel Deadpool. in the X-Force, and there'll be Cable. Deadpool. I don't know how I feel about Cable. It's an interesting thing. Okay, so the choices for Cable are... Stephen Lang from Avatar. Which he looks the part. Yes. Um, Kevin Nash from John Wick, the WWE Wrestling, WCW. Who can't um, act. Who can't act. Ron Perlman from Hellboy. I think way too old. Um, and also, I want him to be Hellboy. Yeah. What's we call it? Jeffrey Dean Morgan from Everything That Had a Dead Father. That's good. It could work. <laughs> right. And Kira Knightley. Yeah, I could live with Kira Knightley. <laughs> <laughs> It's just such such an out there grab for it. I mean, you could say you could say she could be Domino and therefore you know play the part that she already played before in another movie. Not play that character. She just played a person named Domino. She could do that, but I don't know. The idea of Cable being Kira Knightley cracks me up. So you're in the same place I was. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. This is me being. I'm a Cable fan. I am. Cable represents to me everything I liked in the '90s and that I regret right now. <laughs> you know, as an adult. 
All right, now, if they went with cable, I say no to Kevin Nash unless you are strictly doing 90s cable. If you're doing strictly 90s cable, Kevin Nash is almost the right height. Almost the right height. He could be a little bit taller. <laughs> no, I, I got you, but no, uh, Kevin Nash. But yeah. Kevin Nash could totally rock those giant shoulder pads. Come on, man. I am not for Kevin Nash. Just yeah, but so he's you not know. funny. He doesn't come off naturally funny. No. He could. You got to give him a chance, though, man. Uh, I, I believe in Kevin Nash. No, to give him a chance means, you know, he'd have to act funny. No, I'm saying give him a screen test. See if he can do it. I don't think he can. No, you know. That's... When you've seen them in enough movies, which you have. Different directors get different things out of people. I was yeah. about to say, I didn't think Dave Bautista could pull off some of the chops he has, but clearly he, he's got something. He was directed in a good way. No, what are you talking yes. about? Yeah, it was it was all the director. His lines, they, were to they told him to read of them in monotone or angry, which he could do easily. It was the lines themselves that were funny. So if anything, you... you, you uh, it was scripted for him. That was fine. Yeah. You congratulate writer for that. Not the guy acting it. Regardless, regardless, not to take anything away. I'm saying away. writing and directing play a hand in how the actor performs. But let's right. face it. In but wrestling. I don't want to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan. In wrestling, we've seen the good actors in wrestling. You could see it. They're the ones who go on to something. Are you telling me you weren't convinced by Super Shredder? He didn't say a thing in Super Shredder, though. He didn't say a thing in Super Shredder. I'm saying there's a reason why The Rock is the only one who's a successful movie actor in the WWE. What are you but talking about? Kevin Nash has been acting. He was the Russian guy in Punisher. He <laughs> yeah, was the bouncer in John Wick. Who said he, was, two lines. he was Super Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? He's been in a couple of things. Right. Dave Batista was the bad guy in the latest Bond movie. Like, okay. He got robbed. He should have had lines. He should have had lines. Yeah, the only WWE actor then who can carry a movie is The Rock. It's Deadpool's movie, not Cable's. Ah, you people. All right, continue. Making I'm just stupid. saying, you don't know until you... And you also, know. like, really, Cable as a character, do you really need a lot of acting out of him? No, but, you know, at least get someone decent. That's all I'm saying. Get a real actor. Now, what I was saying is that I know Kevin Nash, he was Super Shredder. He was um, the, he was in The Russian and Punisher. He was in The Longest Yard. He was in Grandma's Boy. He was in Dead or Alive, River of Darkness. Played oh, Odin. I forgot Dead or Alive. Yeah. He played Odin in Almighty Thor. He was in The Rock of Ages as the bodyguard for Stax. He was Tarzan in Magic Mike. Never forget Magic Mike. And he was Tarzan in Magic Mike, too. And he's been on TV, too. All right, so no doubt he's had an illustrious career. <laughs> still don't want to see it. Okay, now, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has played illustrious roles as Dead Father, Dead Father, Dead guy, guy pretending to be dead, guy who dies at the beginning of this movie, but the movie's about him, <laughs> you know, guy known for being dead, but he's faking it. Uh, we're just going to write him off, right? There's the Exorcist movie he did. Oh, yeah. And then then there was the Exorcist movie. I, I forgot what the name of it was because it blends in with all the others. But... Because he was also alive. So you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I like De Jeffrey Dean Morgan. No. Supernatural. He's done plenty of that. He, no. he was. He, yeah. He's a dead father in Supernatural. In Weeds. He is the dead father in Weeds. You know the father that died in the show Weeds? Um, if you look at the family did, picture, that's him. Did you remember Watchmen? Watchmen, he, he dies at the beginning said, of the movie. He said he died in the beginning of the movie, but the movie's practically about him. Yes, the, the, I, yeah. I, I covered him. Yeah, he covered him. That. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, I'm saying so, like, clearly he's, he's done stuff. Right, so currently the two choices are Kira Knightley and Steve, Stephen Lang. Yeah, because Ron Perlman needs to do Hellboy, so he has no time for Cable. I don't want him getting in the way of the Hellboy. Oh, he's also Thomas Wayne in uh, Dawn of Justice. Yeah, a dead guy. He's a dead father. <laughs> he's a dead father again. Yeah, great. I, I need to see Batman's parents die. How many times do they have to show this? It's like a... Every <laughs> single time. Yeah. Every single time. With yeah. the pearls. 
those iconic pearls falling on that cold, wet street at night. Were the bouncing. pearls iconic before the 1989 movie? I don't know. I think they're just a de- movie device, definitely. Because I feel like they started with friggin' the 1989 Batman movie. Did the 1966 webcomic uh, do that scene? Because <laughs> if not, they need to do it in their way. The 1966 webcomic? Yeah, you know, the one, the Adam West Batman. The they Batman never, 66? In 1966, they never went into the death of... Uh, they should. Parents. They should do it in their their own way. Their own way. What, so she catches have, the vapors and dies? Yeah, so we can have it all covered. And her pearls <laughs> And her they're, they're out dancing. She slips. She falls. The pearls. There was a criminal who refused to wax the floor properly. Yeah. He overwaxed it. Oh my God! Outlandish, so my chum, outlandish. <laughs> so that really leaves Lang and Kira Knightley. Because I have to do these things right whenever I'm on with Mr. Michael over here because I, I can't be flawed or, or human with my vast role playing and or gaming and or geek knowledge. A game, a game. I, I got this, Mike. A game. What? Okay. I don't know. He's talking about the, 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 the heat I caught. <laughs> the, 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 the time I brought up the fact that he was talking about the Star Wars movies, which ones are coming, and he mentioned one that hasn't been officially announced yet, but the one that's coming really soon, he totally forgot. A game. A game. Rogue One. Oh, I just thought Bo was having a stroke or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like, <laughs> just me. A game. A game. A game. A game. A game. Rogue One. Rogue One. How could you forget that? So Lang. Clearly, the front runner or Kara Knightley. Yeah, the- yeah. If they're looking for if they're looking for something funny and gender bendery, Kara Knightley. Yeah, if they're looking for accuracy, go Stephen Lang. If they're looking for gender bending, I, I just can't believe that Kira. It's <laughs> just so out there. Did you yeah, see dude. pictures of somebody doing an artist rendition of her as Cable? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, it's just so far out there and so strange. Why not? And again, I am a Cable fan. She's easily a domino. Like the, I think, way too easy shoe in for Domino. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't do that. As I've already said, if uh, they want to bring in Domino, you know, they could go with Big Bad Jennifer Garner. Or how about this? You're if you're gender bending Kira Knightley as uh, as uh, what should we call it, C- Cable, and then you could get Kevin Nash as Domino because you're gender bending anyway. But come on, spelling out the name Francis and dead bodies. Oh my God, that was straight out of your Shadowrun game, right, Mike? Not my Shadowrun. That you, was, you were in it. John yeah, did I it. I was in it, but John was the one who did it. Yeah, but still, that's the way to do it. <laughs> and, and then John tried to back off of it. Oh, uh, yeah, he always does that. He's either He never goes all in sometimes, you know? But then John, what John did was he didn't do it with bodies. He did it with fingers. Which one do you think is harder? Uh, fingers. I think you need less bodies to get the right supply, though. What was, what was your favorite part about the movie, though? You know, the problem is the trailer showed so much. Yes, it didn't take away the humor for me. But I only saw, like, two trailers. But someone told me that the trailer revealed a lot to them. But they still had fun with it. No, I had fun with it because of the other surprises that I didn't expect. Like, the love story, didn't expect that. The enemies, they were kind of entertaining. (laughs) You know, I was actually enjoying that. Him and the blind lady were hilarious. Especially the Ikea. blind Al? Yeah. Yeah, because... When they start talking Ikea furniture, I don't know what the hell they're saying. But Emma understood it perfectly. My wife understood exactly what they were talking about and which furniture they were talking about. It was like a coded language. Yeah, it was an Ikea moment. Yeah, they were having an Ikea moment, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Where they were just talking about things in Ikea names. Right. I followed it. I still think my favorite moment was when they were walking and, um, what you call it, Deadpool. Deadpool saw the... Angel, what? right. When, well, that was like, Angel Dust, right? 
Yeah, when said, I brought Colossus to handle you. She knocked him down, and then uh, Negasonic. Negasonic. That was kind of fun. My favorite part is still he gets cuffed by Colossus. And he yeah. says, I'm taking you to see the professor. And he's like, which one, Pat Stewart or McAvoy? <laughs> yeah, I like it. And then he's like, okay, guys, I got to get out of this one. So you guys remember 127 days? Spoiler alert. <laughs> so 127 hours. 127 hours, yeah. A-game, Mike, A-game. You better have that A-game. Uh, yeah. What about that creepy baby hand? Oh, my God. The old blind lady with the creepy baby hand. The movie was surprisingly really good. Because I had my doubts. I had my doubts. I was wondering if it was going to be just like one long dick joke that was going to get boring by the end of it. Could it support itself? But no, they they went the distance on... Well, Mike, it was kind of like one long dick joke. No, it was not. It was one long romantic love story about how far a crazy person will go to get back his other crazy person. And when he broke his hands and his feet on punching Colossus, <laughs> that felt—I felt like that was straight from um, uh, um, Monty Python mm. with the Black Knight. Right, right. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. And you could tell he's not a smart guy. Who Deadpool? Yeah, you could tell he's not a. Smart you could tell he doesn't bother with intelligence. That too. That too. Because seriously, I've been planning this for over a year. Forget all the, out the window. Yeah, forget the planning. The whole point of. Uh, like he actually believed that guy had the cure for, for his face, for his body. What really? Oh, that was awesome. You gotta have hope. That's my only. And then leaving the guns in the cab. Oh, the cab driver's side plot. Oh no, I was I was about to say I came out of that movie with me and Emma, and I said, you know what? I really want to know what happened to him and Gita. Yeah. Like I, I hope they come back in the sequel. I just want to know what their relationship, like how their relationship progresses, if it does. Does he kidnap her and force her to fall in love with him? And how good-looking is that cousin? I'm curious. I'm pretty sure he's not as good-looking anymore now. Is he, like, Riddick Rashawn good-looking? You know, due to his trunk accident, which reminds me of Robotech. Oh, Robotech. But, yes, it's dangerous driving around with people in the back of your car. Yes, it is. Yeah, who, was in the back? who was in the trunk in Robotech? Who, who was in the trunk? Oh, that was Bo's character. That was my okay. guy. Oh, okay. And, of course, accidents happen. Who received the no. facial injuries because of that, if you recall correctly. Yeah, his cousin may not be quite as pretty anymore. Right. No, you should be a stand-up guy and do things right and talk it up with your cousin. Kill him. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, figure out to, with the girl and this and that. Kidnap her. And do all these things and, you know, just ignore what I'm saying. Yeah, Dopinder really took a lot of what he said to heart, right? Yes, mm-hmm. he did. That was his name, Dopinder, right? Dopinder, yeah. I know he was also a DP, yes. Yeah, he was DP. <laughs> And the part that aged me was when he comes in and says, Ripley! Ripley from Aliens 3, and she's like, you're so old. Yeah, so old. <laughs> I was like, uh, and when he says, you know, that hurt me a little inside, I was like, yeah, I feel you on that. That hurt me a little inside, too. She did look like Ripley from Alien 3. Well, no, yeah. my favorite was when he's like, are you going to be, like, snarky or sullen? Which, which one are we going with her? And she's like, fuck, you put me in a box. <laughs> box, you got me. Or the other line, are there only two X-Men in this place? <laughs> Guess we couldn't afford them. I'm taking you back to the professor. When Stewart Gina, or McAvoy? Yeah. <laughs> when Gina Serrano slips a boob and Colossus is like, oh, I'm sorry, you're very beautiful, but uh, no, he's, uh, you, you, you're you coming out there. And she's like, oh, you're so sweet. Oh, thank you. And then she punches him in the so nuts. So hard. So hard. 
proceeds to hammer him. Yes. Yes, he's beat the but that, That's what I'm saying. Once again, Colossus really frightens me because, again, he's the He goody- saved her. Yeah, he's the goody two-shoes character, but at the same time, he just lets this all go go and has no no real anger toward... Not anger, just nothing. Like a dispassionate, oh, you, you shouldn't have. You that know? was how he was when he first joined the X-Men, Mike. I guess. Until he killed um, Riptide. Yeah, I mean... That was he was choking him out with a steel cable, and yeah, he... Who's He's, gonna die? He saved her life. Yeah, sadly, this is the best representation of Colossus I'll probably ever get. I still I think it was pretty wrong, good. I liked it. I just wish, you know, I could get a little bit more. Here's what... Here's what I was saying to Bo. Bo was saying he hopes that this sets off some changes in the X-Universe. I hope it absolutely doesn't. I hope Deadpool does not get attached to X-Universe. And I solely hope he creates his own separate X-Universe that is just taking place in the 90s. <laughs> it was. I don't care what this it is. That's where you get your 90s X-Men back. She was wearing the uniform, the extreme X-Men uniform, yeah. that has appeared in no movie. Yes. <laughs> no movie. Well, the, other, the, the biggest issue, though, I see in this is that Fox has a success now and will try to milk it and will will succeed with Deadpool I'm pretty sure and probably X-Force but if they try to you know go down this route like I heard someone mention hey they should do the Fantastic 4 in this style Oh uh, god no <laughs> Yeah exactly that's the problem see Uh speaking of the problems because of the success of Deadpool and the hard R rating Todd McFarlane wants to reboot Spawn I say go for it No he's been wanting to do that forever yeah, I say go for it. It was a big mistake releasing Spawn as a PG-13 movie. Look, releasing Spawn as a movie was a big mistake. No, no I don't um, agree with that. Releasing that movie was bad, dude. Yes, it was. So was Ghost Rider. Okay, releasing any product. Wham, did you feel that in your nuts, Bob? <laughs> no, no, because you know I agree with you completely. That, that should never have happened. Releasing any IP outside its themes, moods, and genres is wrong. You're going to fail. This is why I still hold Captain America to such a great extent. The reason why he was so successful was because they took his themes. They took his mood. They took his genre and ran with it. Yeah, that was Captain America. The reason why they failed with Fantastic Four and got mixed reviews with Man of Steel is because none of that is their theme or mood. You know, you didn't capture the character. Now, you could you could you could have a success, you know, with those products and with those IPs. If you just capture what they really encapsulate, this is what Deadpool is. Right there on the screen, I saw Deadpool. This is what he is about. So I'm, I'm happy it was successful. You know, you could do the same thing and say Dread was captured everything about Dread. Unfortunately, it didn't succeed. It happens sometimes, you know? Well, that, I think, was due to advertising. Right. What it's, I will say is that, but no one will argue that Dread was not a good movie, though. Right, because everyone who's seen it, I've heard say it's a good movie. The problem with it is because due to bad advertising, no one's seen it. Right. The other problem is it had to come off of Judge Dredd. The Deadpool movie itself didn't have to come back from itself. It set the bar well the first time. There are some movies that, like, capture the essence and still fail. Like, for instance, the Punisher movie with Tom Tom Jane. Mm -hmm. I thought it captured Punisher, but it didn't didn't live up. It, It did capture Punisher, but there are six versions of Punisher. Yeah, that's the other thing. So it didn't capture the Punisher that was on... The, on the barbecue at the time. Well, I can't wait till the Netflix Punisher. And they don't? Yeah, I have my fingers crossed for that. I have faith. Sometimes I go with blind love for something when they've proven to me at least for one season they could be good and Daredevil did a really great season and then Jessica Jones did a really great season. So I'll put my faith in it that the Punisher will be great. 
Yeah, so on that same note, though, basically it kind of breaks down to when you do a movie and you follow the themes of the movie and you kind of hold to heart a love for the material, you're going to get a good reward for it. Mostly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think definitely. Like, look at... Look at all the Marvel movies. I think the only one that didn't work very well was Thor. I think the people behind Thor weren't really fans of that. You get it? They did a good job. I'm not saying they didn't. But I don't think they really loved the product, like the, the director who was working on it. The first one was, and the second one was better, marginally better. And that was the Iron Man movies. The first one worked because the Favreau really liked the character, right? The second one, all right, I, I, you know, I don't know what happened there. You know, uh, I like the second one, but I can understand most people did it. But I'm saying when the character really clings together, when it really connects, is when the person behind it loves the product, knows where the, uh, I mean, knows the character, and puts the character on screen. That's why I think people love Sam Raimi's Spider-Man more than the other amazing Spider-Man. I'm not saying Mark Webb didn't like Spider-Man. It's just you could tell that Sam Raimi knew Spider-Man better than Mark Webb did. James Gunn, I don't know why he likes Guardian of the Galaxy. Because he, he could do whatever he wants with them. Maybe, but he did like Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know why. And, and he continues to like it, so I have high hopes for it. Um, like the Russo brothers, like they brought some fucking heart to Captain America. Correct. Yeah. But notice the guy who did Fantastic Four. He didn't like Fantastic Four. No, he didn't. Actually, he, he didn't like it. Which Fantastic Four? Because the most recent one. The recent one. The recent one. You could tell oh. he didn't like them. He wanted to make them body horror. Since you mean, uh, fan- I mean, since when are the Fantastic Four body horror? They're not. I mean, thing uh, problem. Thing had a problem, but other than Thing, all the I other... I think he had, he had a really big idea that he wasn't able to execute. But there's times where fandom really falls apart, Mike. And that's, for example, J.J. Abrams doing the Star Trek reboot. Clearly a Ha-ha. huge fan of the material. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. But... That just proves Mike right, because J.J. Abrams on record said he's a Star Wars fan, not really a Star Trek fan. And this was before he landed... Oh, no, he said he was a Star Trek fan, too. No, but... he said he's a watcher. I've... Look, in the interview with him... He was like, Star Wars has always been his first thing. He understands Star Trek, and yeah, it was a secondary thing he watches, but he's but he always likes Star Wars better. It's not that hard, actually, Bo. If you think about it, we're all Star Wars fans first, but we also like Star Trek. I like Star Trek. Mike likes Star Trek. You like yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, he's just that same person. Well, no, we, I get we, it. I'm just saying, as somebody who's purported to be a fan of the material, it's not always going to be a guarantee that that's going to be executed in a way that works. Yeah, he made a great Star I, Wars movie. I want to believe that George Lucas is absolutely a fan of his own material, but... No. <laughs> he's no, not, because no. he's not even familiar with his material, Bob. Yeah, you could tell he's not a fan of his material. He was in the first three movies, you could tell that. But afterwards... But that he, was because of a labor of love, though, Mike. Yeah, right. Afterwards, you could tell he wanted to do something. He wanted to make it political. He wanted to make it epic. He wanted to have a Lawrence of Arabia. The problem is, that's not what you set up originally. And even if you wanted to pull that off, let's say you could, you had the chops to pull it off, you have to do a credible, better job, and he didn't. You don't do political dramas about a movie that has anthropomorphic fish people from the planet Mon Calamari. Or basically, you can. But you can you, if you're doing it well. You can't have the children who want to see this. You can't have the adults. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no. You, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Too you much. You can't hit everybody. I mean, I mean, it depends. Like if it was Pixar, and you're doing it from a cute angle that also speaks to adults, maybe. But he wasn't doing it from that angle. He was doing it from an adult angle that would try to incorporate kids. Uh, when has that ever worked? Mm. Works if you're Dr. Seuss, but that's about it. Um, Did it work for Dr. Seuss? For some of it. We're talking movies? No, his books. 
All his right. books were just for kids, though. But his books had more than just a simplified explanation of things. There was a other context to his books. But it was all just for kids. His audience were kids. But did you hear what I said originally? I said if you attack it from selling, uh, from being for being for kids, with adult themes, um, with certain adult contexts to it, then yes, you could pull that off. But when have you ever seen an adult story, an adult a theme with kids' context and subtext? Never seen that before. I yeah, can't... the reverse doesn't work. But this is this is where I go back into the Pixels movie situation. Knowing your audience when you make a movie. Like, I did not see Pixels. I'm not going to see Pixels because Pixels in their commercials told me that it's not for me. Even though I am in the age bracket. But it's a PG-13 movie that's kidified and does kid jokes. But it has all the games that I'm familiar with. That's not knowing your audience because that movie should have been either rated R or just adult themed. Well, I, I think the failure to Pixels was the fact that it's Adam Sandler. That's it. It's Adam Sandler. No, it's a- yeah, it's Adam Sandler once again not knowing the audience that he's trying to get. I mean, if you're going to make a movie about Pac-Man and Galaga and Space Invaders and stuff like that, are you really going to target the tween audience? Well, he wasn't. Uh, like you said, I, I believe he wasn't trying to make a movie to incorporate Pac-Man. I think they were just window dressing. You know, they were just, they were just something to add to it. But they were most of the movie, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did that Battleship movie, which... Did you see it? it? Did you see Battleship? I, yes, I did. Did you see Battleship, Mike? I did not. I did not either. You're alone, Bo. Yes, I am. Lonely Island? Lonely Island. <laughs> well, the Get thing is, there's, there's so many products to watch these days that, you know, I don't want to waste my two hours unless it's worthwhile or so terrible it has to be seen. Yeah, it's, that's not true. You see so many movies, though. I do, but sometimes that's because I thought they were going to be better than they actually were. This is true. Like, I still believe 47 Ronin might have been a good movie if they let the actors speak their native tongue. Yeah. It's just if you're gonna you're handicapping actors, they don't know how to speak English well. So how are they gonna emote well in a language that's? Also, I don't I don't get why they're speaking English in Japan. And okay, let's say they are speaking English in Japan, but it's supposed to be them just speaking Japanese, and we're just understanding them. Um, why do they have accents? There is that. Did you see DC Legends last night? Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, sorry. No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Okay, I'm not ruining anything for you, but you know they're in Russia, right? Oh, all they're in Russia? Russia? Yeah, they're in Russia. They all speak English. <laughs> it's like, and, and well, no, they explained that last episode. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the pills. I'm saying people had the pills run out, right? They were Russians speaking in English with Russian accents. And you're like, well, why don't you just speak Russian? <laughs> really? Yeah, because there was a prison scene, right? Where, um, where the Adam is talking to some guy... And some large guy, and the large guy is like, "Listen, American, this is not how it works here." <laughs> you got so you could tell that whatever device they used to speak Russian was no longer being used, so they were all speaking English, basically. But did that. they say that the pill ran out? They didn't, but the guy knew he was American. He wasn't. He speaking. just probably had an American accent. Oh, I doubt it. I think he was. He just wasn't speaking because I'm not going to assume the pill ran out if they don't say it ran out. Okay, okay, but if we're going to nitpick. Uh, when he confronted that lady originally, you know, when the Adam, Ray, confronted that lady to try to get her to go out with him, he was using the pill. The pill seems to give you no accent whatsoever because he was saying he was a Russian guy. She would have been suspicious if it had an American accent. Remember, this is the Cold War. But she was suspicious of him, though, Mike. She was suspicious of him for another reason. It wasn't because of the accent. Yeah, so it never got to that. She just didn't trust him anyway. 
Yes. Right, <laughs> you know what? Watch the episode and you tell me. Oh, I'll probably agree with you in the end. It's just I've got to, you know, I, I don't know. I always take the devil's advocate. There's something wrong with me. Yes, yes. There, there is. is something wrong with him. We can all unanimously say The Man of Steel was not a Superman movie. Well, you know, it was a... Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Man, she just lofted that one out there. Good job, Mike. Good well, job. Way to prove your point. It's like, I'm going to drop this little hanging fruit here. But you know, it started with the, well. Yeah, that's why I was laughing. I was like, well done, Mike. Well done. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Superman costume. He's Something super- we've, we've all panned for several reasons. Well, you know, uh, I feel I, your pain. I guess I can never gang up on somebody, all right? <laughs> if a gang starts, I got to take the other side. I don't know. I, start, I started saying that Colossus was scary to me. But, you know. Bringing up Man of Steel again, no, Lois is scary to me. Yes, I understand that she's just uh, subjecting herself to her new alien overlord. No, that that lady looks like she's straight from a Tarantino movie with how cold she could be. <laughs> okay, again, people, you put yourself in her high heels. You might cozy up to soups, too. Holy crap, you're throwing buildings around? Hey, big boy, you're <laughs> really sexy. <laughs> I don't normally go that way, but for you, I'll make an exception. Oh, so you you want to? You know what? I gotta check and see who leans in on who who starts that kiss. I think she does. She starts the kiss. I'm almost certain she I'm does. Because yeah. if he starts the kiss, that makes it even scarier. Yeah, but I think she does. I think she does. Like <laughs> I said, I think she's just covering her bets. Dude, she knows he can cut through ice, solid ice with I beams. I mean, I hate the fact that Doomsday is being brought back. Well, not even being brought back, being brought into this movie because now I have to feel stupid. Because apparently I'm at work, I'm somehow I've developed this reputation, even though I don't talk to people. I've developed this reputation as, oh, he's that comic guy. Ask him about comics. He knows. Right? How so, did you pull that off? Good job, Mike. So apparently I, I, I had to feel the question of if Hulk fought Doomsday, because of course that's going to be brought up. <laughs> if Hulk fought Doomsday, who would win? It's like, oh. You can just say, look. Hulk, Doomsday is Hulk with spikes. I mean, it's exactly because Doomsday is a ripoff of the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, that is what it comes down to. Doomsday is a ripoff of the Hulk. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I said it. And Doomsday doesn't get stronger as he gets angrier. Doomsday's claim to fame is you can't kill him. All right, I mean, you can kill him, but he'll come back tougher. He, yeah, he doesn't get stronger as he gets angrier, but he gets stronger as you as he gets deader. <laughs> yes, yes. There's only one problem with that. If you've watched a lot of the DC cartoons, the the animated cartoon direct direct, he supposedly yeah he gets smarter every time. No, he doesn't. I just watched one recently where there was tons of him. Like now they're fielding Doomsday armies. Oh, that, that's right, that the army Amazonians one. Amazonians have to fight. You know, it's like your water. The Amazonians cut through them like nothing, and then Superman I beams the whole lot of them. Yeah, yep. you're watering them down. Doomsday, what a terrible idea. Yeah, well, sold millions of copies, so it worked at least once. Yeah. But, you know, it's insulting that he had to be the man who killed the Hulk. I mean, the Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> the man who killed Superman. You see how hard that A game is, Mike? Oh, I'm not worried about it. I keep my fa- information pretty factual, and if not, I say I don't know. Haha. But yes, the the Hulk, the the spiky Hulk took out Superman, and then that was they figured out a way around that. Well, of course they would. Let's face it, there's no real deaths unless you're Captain Marvel. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's that? It is creepy. He goes in for the kiss and pushes her neck towards him. 
Oh, well, then all right. <laughs> That's bad. It's more like, I'm your evil overlord, bitch. Come <laughs> kiss me. <laughs> I wrecked your city. Give me some sugar. Because he just saved her life, and she's looking at him. She's making the eye contact. She is giving me the kiss me eyes, and they're lingering there, and he's like, he eventually reaches this point where, yo, these are the kiss me eyes. I just saved you. He holds her neck. Kiss me, bitch. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so romantic. Yeah, she she has no choice. And then, and what's worse is then he comes to work at her job. I'm just going to stalk you, <laughs> but you'll know at all times I'm right here. Nobody else knows you know. That's so creepy. Yeah. No, Welcome to the planet. <laughs> well, you know what? They followed up one creepy Superman movie with another creepy Superman movie. Oh, are you talking about when he's just like a watching from space? Stalking yeah, from watching, space. watching his son from space. And, and from outside the window and stuff like that. From outside the window. You're my son. Stalker Superman. Yeah, I really, I understand that. Faster than speed. And this is better than Batman how? It's More not. powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap through a building to the They're trying to make him feel alienated. He's oh. alienating everybody in the process, but <laughs> yeah. sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. It's so <laughs> tough being the strongest, fastest, most powerful godlike being in the universe. That's okay. They're rebooting Superman and the rest of the DC universe again. Again. Nope, 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 not quite. The thing you're talking about, Rebirth? It's not a reboot. That's what they say, yes. I take them at their word. It's not a reboot. I don't know what it's going to be, but it won't be a reboot. I believe, in essence, it's a reboot. They just don't want to say the word reboot because they know that they've done it three, four times. In the same year. <coughs> in the same yeah. decade. And then I'm not so sure about this whole, like, I understand making Harley her own person. You know what, I guess I guess if you become such a huge fan favorite, eventually you do have to break off from the entity. Yeah, dude, she doesn't, she doesn't need anybody. No, no, to be honest with you, Harley is not the horse to ride on female empowerment. No, Harley is a broken individual who is dependent on the existence of Joker, and she should have stayed that way because that is just another crime Joker committed. Yeah, I kind of like that better. Yeah. Because... She is the victim of Joker's crimes, and it's a sad story. For her to become independent and then still remain a villain and get her own comic and be an independent villain just escalates his crimes, and now she has taken on her own crimes, and now she is actively choosing to be her own villain. You know what they should have done with Harley? They should have saved her. If they wanted to elevate her, they should have saved her. Someone should have redeemed her. Someone should have helped her. She should have got help. She should have been fixed. Or maybe she doesn't need saving. She'll fix herself, and she'll do it on her own due time. Okay, but you know what the problem is? And then, you know, she'd be one of those first villains that would make that their transition to becoming a hero would be good. It would be actually well done. I really like the idea of Joker having a top minion because she is his top minion, right? It makes it memorable. Batman it has she's, Nightwing. She, she is beyond a minion at this point, though. But that's the problem. I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I got it. That's fine. If fans want it. Well, to be honest with you, why is she beyond a minion? She's not smart like Joker. She's only so acrobatic. She's not that great a fighter. She's, she's not doing all of that, though, Mike. No, yeah. she's she's gotten like she's evolved. I know in, she's evolved in her fighting, in her character, in all of it. She's evolved through bullshit because she was never a great fighter. They made her a good fighter. I mean, it's a comic book character. They all evolved through. Bullshit. I know that. I know that, but even in the video games that she appears in, they never bothered to give you a fight against her. In the Arkham games, when you encounter Harley, you tap one button, she goes down. Oh, I think what me and Mike are trying to say is we understand the process, fine. 
I got it. You know, it's it's not that difficult to understand the process. Or but the excuse has never validated the purpose of the flaw. There's that. And the thing is, you're taking away something that made the Joker even cooler, as far as I'm concerned, that he had a top minion. This top minion was this broken psychiatrist that he treated as a girlfriend, you know, whatever. Part of me thinks it's um, and I could I could be very wrong on this. But part of me thinks it's the whole PC trying to clean up things, because if you have the Joker doing this to a woman, you're denigrating women. I got it. But it also shows you how evil the Joker is. You get it? He does these kinds of things. I don't think it's a PC cleanup because they've done already a number of them. But I think it's more so that she has a fan base and they want to do something with her. I think it's more that than anything, is that there's money to be made in her getting her own solo career. And doing this would make Harley Quinn very popular. Oh, clearly that it's make money. But at the same time, she has slowly but surely spun off into her own stand-up character, and I'm fine with it. I, I'm not. I, I think, because having read the Harlequin stuff that she's appeared in in the last couple of years, it feels forced. It feels fake. I don't feel that she's a character. I think she. I feel like she's a caricature. When was the last time you read any of her stuff, is my question. Oh, just last week. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm up to date with Harlequin. Uh, I guess for me, I feel like in much the same way Deadpool evolved into a different character that he is now, she, too, is going through a process and evolving into a different character. Well, it took him almost two decades to get to where he is right now. Okay, yes. but Deadpool, I'll say this about Deadpool. Yeah, it took that many decades. It's also taking Harlequin that many decades. But I'll say this about Deadpool. He never started connected to anyone. No, not really. He was his own thing that was a side thing and became big. It's like Terminator. Deathstroke was a side thing. I don't think he was a major character and then eventually he became a major character. Yeah, it's the same thing. It pretty much is the same thing. He wasn't, uh, Deadpool wasn't the minion of somebody. He was hired to do a job and he did a job. He failed at it and he's been the butt of that joke ever since. Yeah, meanwhile, Harlequin was created to be an addition to another character, to flesh out that character. Sure, absolutely. Because the thing is with Joker, you can't really see his point of view because he's nuts. You get it? He, you, can't, you can't do a comic or a movie, like you could, I guess, a one shot or something. But really, it's too hard to understand what his alien mindset would be. That's why you have Harlequin next to him. I mean, I do agree to what you're saying, mostly. Um, and yes, Joker is a very difficult character. It's to sort of wrap uh, a book or an idea around. They have done it. They've given Joker a couple of his own solo uh, stories and, and books. So, I mean, it's not impossible. But, I mean, I would much rather a character evolve like Harley Quinn than, say, Batgirl. Or um, even the Robins, to the, to the lesser extent. I am not a huge fan of these uh, branded younger versions of an existing character. Right. Is she is she much like the Joker in many ways? Yes, but she's changed into her own thing. Whereas most of the Bat and Soup fam are pretty much those characters if they were a different gender or a different person. Here's the thing, Bo. I don't think she's changed into her own thing. I think down the road what they're going to do is they're going to add a lot of the things that make Joker what he is to her so that she can hang in the same field because as it stands she can't hang with any of the problems that she already starts I just think that you know what as the Joker is an antithesis to Batman that's how they've made it he wasn't always originally so but he is now the same way Harlequin is the antithesis of Robin Batman has his Robin it humanizes him in a sense the Joker having Harlequin I wouldn't quite say further vilifies him so when you take that piece away now the Joker seems a little less. You know, you took away heat from the Joker to create heat on Harlequin, and I'm not that crazy about that. I, I feel you. That's kind of your feels on it for the fandom, but 
for me, the reality is the Joker's been around forever. Not clearly as long as Batman, but pretty close. No, he's been and, around as long as Batman almost. Uh, that's why I said almost. Because um, his first appearance was Batman number one. Yes, but how long has he been an antithesis to Batman? Oh, uh, not very long, actually. No, not, not that long. He's in the 90s. But that's why I said, like, for almost as, for, for a rough good chunk of time, uh, he's sort of stood out on his own. And they can throw any number of characters along with him, minions, seconds, uh, whatever it is. Ultimately, the story is Joker and Batman at this point. So does it take away from him? Maybe for a little bit. But again, uh, the Joker doesn't need Batman to survive, only in so much as Batman needs Joker. You see, not not true in the end, because it's not just Batman. The Joker has the Joker has Alfred to deal with because it's not only Batman it's Alfred it's Batgirl remember the great event he did with Batgirl which was put her in a wheelchair a Robin killing a Robin whatever he has all these other things the Joker comes just by himself I think he should have at least some extension of his will and that was great in having Harlequin around now he lost that extension to his will he can always get another one he could and that would further vilify him but then you know Harlequin recovered so it'd be like oh well that person will just recover right I think Joker should get his own Robin. Just just take a Robin, like he did in Batman Beyond, and and make him into a Joker. Yeah, I still like the whole Harlequin thing though, because it's different from Batman. It's not like he he went and did the same thing. He did something kind of different. No, I mean literally take a Robin. Oh well, yeah. Like it, it, if you ever seen Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, he he quite simply took Robin and turned him into a Joker. Yeah, it could Joker happen. does Joker does that once in a while though. Like, he'll go after the Bat family and try to find the most heinous way to really screw Well, he only did that really recently, because any other time that he went after the Bat family, that was just Barbara, and that was accidental. He didn't no, know she was Batgirl. No, Death of the Family, Death of the Family. Um, that's it, like, Bo. Dude, that's at least two separate occasions where he's done that, and yeah. the repercussions of that have been long-lasting. That was because they were trying to relive death in a family. Death in the family. Yes. Yeah, that's like Civil War Two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It happened because that was the first one was good and they wanted to do it over. Which is weird because Joker tends not to do the same thing more than once. Yeah, which is why I don't think he pattern. would. Yeah. If it's a pattern. Yeah, because he, he usually doesn't do a pattern, so that's why it was weird that he did it again. Because that's why they made sure that the whole Batgirl thing where he shot her, it wasn't because he knew she was Batgirl, he was going after Gordon. Yeah, she was just a victim on the way. Yeah, she answered the door. <laughs> yes, yes, she did. She answered the door. I think that roundabout covers everything that we need to talk about as far as uh, Deadpool, rated R, movies and everything and such. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. It's good having you. Appreciate the invitation. Yes. Fun as always. And uh, as usual, thanking the guys at Thunderstruck Studios and our friend Corona for all their great work. Um, yeah, man, you know what? Uh, I had a blast geeking out with Mike and Mike. Um, and as always, it's fun geeking out with you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see ya. See ya. Later. I will see you later.